G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Jenny, what are the things that you've been monitoring long this week when it comes to the issues shaping our thinking, shaping shaping our culture in Australia? Well, what we did this week is um, our prayer focus comes out this week. So Peter actually prepares a, a thoughtful and prayerful things about things we can pray for. So that comes out this week. So we do that once a month, and that's to encourage Christians not just to monitor the issues and to, to campaign, to be writing into our politicians, which is what we often do with the issues, but to actually to be prayerful and to, to see that this is all part of our Christian life. And, uh, and so that's an important thing that we do each month. So uh, we've been focusing on that. So at the same time, we've actually put out a, a piece this week on the issues. So we, we pick sort of some of the bigger issues, articles, and that to to encourage thoughtful consideration of the issues we face. So we've done that too. Okay. Which one is the most gripping that we need to talk about today? Which of those are the most important issues? Well, with um, there's always the things that are happening in politics. So we've got the parliament starting uh, this, this week. We've got the, the debate about whether we have a plebiscite or not. That's all coming up as well. So there's some of the, the current political issues. But in, our, in the issues email that I sent this week, I picked a couple of other issues. And when one of those was a, a very compelling story from a girl who, who writes of her own experience, that she was, she was actually raped by a, guy, a boy on a first date and then had an abortion when she became pregnant, had an abortion. But she actually said, although the, the rape was quite was violent and hor- horrific, that having the abortion and co- coping with the consequences of that was actually far more damaging, far more uh, hurtful to her than the rape itself, which is, I think, is an interesting point. Always interesting because sometimes, I'm sure, in the thinking of people who are uh, finding themselves in the situation, that sometimes abortion seems like the easy way out, but uh, that illustrates that it certainly isn't the easy way. Well, I, I think that's right, and and certainly in some of the legislation around the thinking and even in some Christian thinking, they think, well, rape might be one of the exceptions to have an abortion. There might be things like fetal abnormality, other things that people say, well, if you've got this situation, then an abortion might be acceptable and and we don't hold to that view. But in this case, um, she's actually saying that that even though she was raped, um, that having the abortion was quite emotionally damaging to her. Well, we've already seen women come out and talk about um, having been born as a result of rape. So they're the children that have been born, and certainly they're saying, um, and have been over the last few years, uh, we're really grateful to our mothers that they actually continued with the pregnancy, and I'm alive because of that. So I think that's quite a compelling um, story as well on that issue. Uh, let me just change tack here on a different topic. Of course, the marriage plebiscite. That's been all over the news headlines this week with the return of the 45th Parliament and uh, discussion about the plebiscite and the resistance that's coming from uh, Labor and the Greens and many of the crossbench senators to the idea of actually having legislation that would enable a plebiscite. You've been talking a little about marriage and the Australian Constitution. Now, we know that uh, the Marriage Act is separate to the Constitution. We don't need a referendum to change the Constitution if there was going to be any moves that way. 
But there is the word marriage that's mentioned in the Constitution. What are your uh, latest uh, discussions about what's happening with marriage and the Australian Constitution? Well, the, the whole question of the plebiscite and referendum and some of those things is, is quite problematic. And, and certainly, even on a plebiscite, we've actually said that it's not up to the people to decide what should be done, because otherwise, you know, where do we stop with that? You know, if we ask them, the people, what they think on this issue, and it's certainly just an opinion poll, then why not on, on some of the other controversial issues? So we've certainly got uh, severe reservations about a plebiscite itself. There was discussion about whether there be a referendum to change the constitution and Augusto Zimmerman, who's a law lecturer in WA, he's actually written some some articles recently and one of those is that it could actually be a constitutional problem because uh, certainly one of the big legal arguments, and he quotes a number of authorities, is that the constitution should mean what it meant at the time it was written in 1901 and certainly marriage which was given to the commonwealth as a power from the state so the commonwealth has marriage power but that marriage should actually mean what it meant then between one man and one woman and uh, and certainly the high court came up with a ruling to say oh well the parliament can do what they like in terms of defining marriage and augusto actually sees as a constitutional expert he sees that there are some problems with that ruling and that if the marriage act was to be changed uh, by the parliament that could actually be challenged perhaps as a constitutional issue so there's some interesting points there well it is interesting because uh, definitions tend to change in people's minds uh, but does that actually make uh, the constitution you know the idea of referendum rather than plebiscite does that actually uh, constitute a need for uh, some level of uh, of, of deeper uh, a deeper lawmaking when it comes to how these things are decided. Any thoughts on that? Well, we would see it from the point that that actually from a Christian perspective and uh, our, our our laws and that have originally been set up under, under biblical law. Um, of course, we see that being changed all around us, but we would say it's not for the people to decide and it's not for governments to decide on these questions of morality, that these are actually set as a biblical command by God in the Bible. And so marriage is set between a man and a woman from that perspective, and we actually shouldn't be changing it at all. So we would uh, not actually like either the parliament or the go- or the people or even a referendum to do that. <laughs> Uh, you know what, it it gets deeper and deeper, doesn't it? Because uh, while we talk about marriage as uh, biblical law, uh, those who say, oh, I don't believe in God, uh, will uh, try and uh, sort of sweep that argument away. But of course, then there's the whole natural law argument of the idea of uh, biological fits, uh, male and female, and uh, then obviously for the protection of children. It, there There's arguments on every level, isn't there? Well, I think that's right. And certainly I, I think there's a whole range of arguments that need to be actually presented in, in support of marriage between a man and a woman. And they not only, as you say, from the Bible, but natural law and the biological aspect of that that you rightly point out. And I think we need to know some of the truths of what really happens on this. And there was some interesting research that came out last week, which I mentioned this week in our email. It's all posted on our website, was actually about the scientific research over the last 60 years. And Two doctors, Dr. Lawrence Mayer and Dr. Paul McHugh, have done a 143-page analysis of the scientific research. And they've looked at things like there is no evidence that, that um, people are born homosexual. Uh, there is no evidence that gender identity is something that uh, is, is, can be changed in, um, in the way that's been talked about lately in transgenderism. 
And the research shows that most children who have some confusion as children come through that, you know, over over 90% actually then change their their view on that and and actually resort to, revert to seeing their normal gender identity. And the fourth thing they point out is the, the increased risk of health risks, mental health risks and substance abuse uh, in that in the homosexual community. And I think these are things we need to get out as well. So that was a really interesting research report that came out. Interesting with research reports, Jenny, because one side argues that their research is more authoritative than the other. And when it comes to these sorts of research, how do you think, uh, well, uh, ordinary people uh, listening into our conversation today, uh, thinking of uh, hearing one report and uh, against another report, uh, how do you think we could uh, somehow rather confirm levels of authority or credibility or validity to the sorts of research that we might be reading about because uh, one side presents an argument, the other side presents another argument. I guess you've got to look at and you've got to ask some people who might be familiar with what makes good credible research credible. I guess that's the way you've got to be able to sift through all of these sorts of reports. Well, that's that's exactly right. And what we've done over the years is actually referred to a website uh, written by a, a scientific researcher in New Zealand, who's actually analysed all the scientific research as it's come out. And this is quite different to the study I've just mentioned. And he actually has on his website, which is called My Genes Made Me Do It. And genes is spelt G-E-N-E-S. So Neil Whitehead, Dr. Neil Whitehead, has analysed all the scientific research as it's come out. And, uh, you know, tried to be very analytical about that and presenting the research and critiquing it, critiquing it. There was a study came out just recently from Flinders University and one of the things that the researchers did in their research was to actually read transgender books to prep children about transgender and gender fairy and all those sorts of types of books in their research study and are calling for the South Australian government to implement the Safe Schools Coalition program in primary schools. And one of the first things I did was look at who is doing the research. And that's the question we need to ask. And in this case, one of the researchers was, was researchers is Damien Riggs. Now, Damien Riggs is featured with, um, you know, a partner and children and so on, um, a male partner and children, homosexual activist. He's actually in the Australian, I think it's the Psychological Society. He's actually the chairman or the president the chairman of the gay and lesbian interest group in that body so very much an activist in terms of promoting that and here he is the main researcher so we always look at is there a personal bias on those people who are actually conducting this sort of research and we often find there is you mentioned uh, schools the safe schools coalition program and the way these things are continuing to present as uh, significant uh, issues as they begin as they continue to uh, to roll out at different places around the country tomorrow's a very significant day the 2nd of September it's the prayer day for schools and this is something you've been passionate about uh, for a long time Jenny Stokes well that's right and it's really important to see that uh, certainly in Victoria there's a whole network of, of prayer groups in schools, both public schools, private schools, uh, church and Christian schools. And it's basically a group of parents and even grandparents and friends of the school getting together and praying for that school. They'll pray for the children, for the staff, for the activities of the school. Sometimes that happens on school property if if the school's supportive, but if the school's not supportive, then they can meet in private homes and still be praying for the children and the staff in the school. And, uh, and certainly it started actually in New South Wales, but it's continued on in, New, in Victoria 
and it's quite a widespread movement now and there's a prayer day each year where all the prayer groups get together and they hear what the others are doing as a guest speaker and so on. So that's really encouraging groups to continue on and to sort of feel that there are other groups doing the same thing and praying for their schools. And, uh, and that's, that, as you've said, is tomorrow morning here in Melbourne. And I guess for listeners who are thinking, well, I don't know of a prayer day for my school. Well, there's a little inspiration if you go onto the Salt Shakers website. You can find out a little bit about what's happening in Victoria. And if your state doesn't have a prayer group for schools or a prayer day for schools, you might like to be part of getting that sort of initiative started. Jenny Stokes, always good getting your insights and an update on things that are happening around the nation. I'll point people to saltshakers.org.au. That's where you can get the latest resources on how to think about some of these issues that our nation is facing. That's saltshakers.org.au. Jenny Stokes, great talking. We'll talk again next week. Great to talk with you now. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.